stick around, fellowship, all that good stuff. Um, so we have some announcements today. Uh, most of it is uh, the uh, usual weekly activities will be uh, taking place as normal. Um, a few things here. Uh, we are looking to receive baked goods and treats for Sunday fellowship. Um, you can drop them off in the kitchen, have your name on it, dated, was prepared, all that good stuff. We appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, let's see, other things. Uh, we do want to make sure to mention the March for Jesus in Bemidji this year. Uh, that's going to be on uh, Sunday, June 5th. The lineup starting around noon at J.W. Smith School. Uh, they're in need of volunteers, so uh, I think there's probably contact, there'll be contact information, that kind of stuff up on the screen, so um, you can contact Tim Pomp, all that kind of stuff. Uh, if you want to be involved in that, be good. Um, one other announcement for this week. Uh, let's see if we can get it up there, uh, Lucas, the one about Devin Barrett. Uh, on when, this Wednesday, uh, we'll be having Devin Barrett, who is a, uh, I suppose you could say, a local uh, youth evangelist. He uh, works with uh, college-age students uh, with... Uh, a uh, program called Kings, maybe you've heard of it, um, but he is a wonderful speaker. He specializes in evangelist to street ministry, uh, and he'll be a guest speaking this week at our youth group uh, Wednesday. That'll be June 1st, 6 p.m. Um, obviously, well, I think we'll have the normal crowd of, of teens there, but if there's anybody that you know, teenaged or perhaps even a little older, college age, you want to invite to that, um, he'd be, uh, it'd be a good opportunity um, to hear the gospel, to, um, uh, as a reach-out event, that kind of thing. Um, so we are extending that invitation, making sure people know about that, because it will be a good time. We want to have as many people there for them as possible. Um, and so I think we also have a video that we're showing for youth camp this week, this year. Um, I think it's, Lucas, if we could show that. Not very long. So if you know of any teens or youth that would be interested in that, um, uh, dated there, I think it was July 31st, uh, August 3rd, I think it was. Um, that's at Delwater Camp, just over, not too far from here. 
Uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's uh, that speaker there, Josh Edwards. Uh, he was involved with the Revive Minnesota, amazing speaker. Um, me and my wife were there last year, and it was uh, it was uh, something really special, something really special for those teens that were there. I think, uh, and I just want to say personally, I was in one of those bubble things, um, and I, <laughs> and it uh, it, it's as fun as it looks. It's uh, it, I mean, you get hit, you, you fall on the ground, you're bouncing around, but it, 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 it doesn't hurt, it's fun, I promise. Um, anyway, so I have something to share with us today for our tithes and offerings. Um, this is a reading from Robert Morris's The Blessed Life. Um, it's a good book. This is one of, uh, one of the more interesting concepts I think he has in here. Um, so I'll just begin here. These are his words. Um, You've heard the old saying many times that first things, uh, that first things are first, right? Uh, but there's a heap of biblical truth in that old cliche. Uh, so what are the first things where living the blessed life is concerned? Consider this. There are more than 500 verses in the Bible concerning prayer, 500 verses concerning faith, but more than 2,000 verses on the subject of money and possessions. Jesus talked about money in 16 of his 38 parables, and clearly, from the Bible standpoint, we need to understand money and how to handle it. Why? Because money is actually a test from God. How you handle money reveals volumes about your priorities, loyalties, and affections. In fact, it directly dictates many of the blessings you will or won't experience in life. The first principle that we have to grasp if we're to understand giving is a principle called the first fruits. Uh, it can also be called the principle of the firstborn or the principle of the tithe. Um, and one of the best ways to describe this idea of the first fruits is that uh, Jesus was, in a way, God's first fruits to mankind, given from God. Um, that his sacrifice redeemed the rest of the whole. That Jesus is, in fact, the best of himself, given to mankind so that we can be redeemed. Uh, it says this in Romans 5.8, that God demonstrates his own love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We have to give our first fruits offerings, our tithes, in much the same way. Before we see the blessing of God, we give in faith. Now, the principle of the first fruits, it's very, very powerful. I've heard it said that any first thing given is never lost, and any first thing that is not given is perhaps always lost. In other words, what we give to God, we don't lose because God redeems it for us. But what we withhold from God, we lose because Jesus echoed this principle when he said, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. You see, the first things are what belong to God. We find this principle all throughout the word. We can give God the first of our time. We can give him the first of our finances. That's really what tithing is, giving our first or our best to God. It's saying, God, I'm going to give you the first and trust you to redeem all the rest of it. To put another way, when a firstborn lamb is born in a flock, you don't know how many lambs your ewes are going to produce. Nevertheless, God doesn't say, well, let the, you produce nine lambs and then give me that last one, perhaps, if there is a tenth. Um, he says, give me the first one and trust me for the rest. It always requires a little bit of faith to give that first thing, though, isn't it? That's why so few Christians perhaps experience blessing when it comes to tithing. 
Um, it means giving to God before you see if you're going to have quite enough. In tithing, we say to God, I recognize you first and foremost in my life. I'm putting you first in my life, and I trust that you are going to take care of all the rest of the things in my life. And it's why perhaps tithing is so important. It prioritizes what we do when we acknowledge God first. The first, pro the first portion isn't perhaps what we might call a redemptive portion. In other words, when the first portion is given to God, the rest is redeemed. And in the same way, we come to church the first day of the week in a, way of, in a way of saying that we are giving God the very first little bit of our time and trusting that he will redeem all the rest. Um, so Jesus, we just dedicate this morning to you. Perhaps we don't always think about it when we are driving to church and we're scrambling and getting ready and we're 10 minutes late or whatever it is. Uh, Jesus, that when we're coming here, we're dedicating a little bit of ourselves to you. Um, but what it is, is it's not just this little bit of time when we walk out from here and we've done our duty, so to speak, um, but we are doing something symbolic by gathering here today. And I pray that our, our eyes would be a little bit open today to that, that concept, that we are actually dedicating the whole to you by giving this smaller part, that we're trusting that you redeem the rest because we have dedicated this morning. <laughs> um, so Jesus, whatever it is that we're going through, whatever it is that we are looking for in this life, um, whatever it is that maybe grips us, whatever it is that maybe strangles us or holds us back, Jesus, <laughs> today, I pray that we would see that through your eyes, see it through the eyes of your abundance, see it through the eyes of your giving yourself first, giving the best of yourself um, so that when we see ourselves and our situation, our lives through that lens, we understand that we too can give the best of ourselves, the first of ourselves, and trust that you are going to build something good. Um, just as we are singing today that we are going to be refined, that we are going to see your face, to know you as the Father who loves us best, that that would change us today and through all the rest of our week. I just pray that in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Why don't you turn to somebody and say, remember the cross. Remember the cross. Say it again. That'll give me time to turn my lights on here. Memorial. This is Memorial Weekend. Tomorrow we say is Memorial Day. We call this sometimes Memorial Sunday. Memorial is to honor a person or persons who have died. To honor is to respect and esteem. It is to see the worth and value of that person or persons. When we have a memorial event or a memorial day or a memorial service or a memorial plaque, when we have these things, it serves to remind us of these people and the value and worth of their lives. And we remember, we take time to remind ourselves 
And as Joyce mentioned earlier, we do on this weekend, and in particular, we remember those who have died for our country, the United States of America. Yes, we were looking at those figures last night. Hundreds of thousands of people have died in wars. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have died. Um, and also, I think of soldiers of the cross. Up, up here, we have the flag of the United States of America, and then on the left side of the cross is the Christian flag. But that could represent soldiers of the cross. We are soldiers of the cross. And we know of people and loved ones that have gone on to heaven. And we remember them when they have, in our lives, when there's been, we value them, there is a real worth there. You know, we do, we remember. We remember them. <clears throat> this particular weekend, we've had another tragedy. I'm sure most of you know about it. It's probably been some, with some in the forefront of your minds of the, those children and teachers that lost their lives in Texas this week. We remember them. We, we value them, we value their lives. There's great worth in each one of them, and we know you know them. But then also their parents. And in this day, we, we lift them before you, Lord. We pray for them. We pray for the parents and the loved ones and the other teachers. We know that could be brought down too. We know in that place in Texas that there were many that died in that one place, but we know that it's happening across our country. And we take a day today to remember. But above all, we remember the cross and we remember you, Lord Jesus, who died for us on a cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. That's where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. And that's what gives us hope. It's what gives us heart. It's what strengthens our heart. And we're thankful for it. And we know all these terrible things 
where people have been killed, in particular we think of today in wars or shootings or whatever it might be, that we know it all goes back to sin, Satan. We know, Jesus, that you came that we might have life and have it abundantly. That you've come to remove the curse. That we can live in a new kingdom. We aren't in the kingdom of darkness anymore. We're in the kingdom of light. We're not in the kingdom of hate anymore. We're in the kingdom of love. We're not in the kingdom of depression and hopelessness. We're in the kingdom of joy in you. And even though in the atmosphere sometimes, like even now, we sense a soberness and a solemnness, there is a joy. It's so unspeakable and full of glory. Full of glory. I am so thankful for the cost that those have given. I'm just seeing Art sitting over there. I know your brother died in a war. I know my dad was in war. He was in World War II. He was three and a half years overseas in a war. And of course, dad looked to Jesus and he brought him to a place of victory in his life and he lived that way. But it had impact on his life. Physically, and you know, that's the thing. A lot of people didn't die in wars, but they have, last, have had lasting effects because of those wars. You maybe know friends or loved ones that were in Vietnam and Agent Orange, you know, they lived through it, but Agent Orange and other things really have affected their lives and they're feeling it especially now as they get older too and it's impacting them. My dad, when he was in the service, you know, I remember, I don't see Tim here today, but Tim Walker gave me a book that was written about the group that his father was with in World War II as they were crossing toward the Battle of the Bulge. And um, it just talks about the hardships they went through. Very hard things. And the cold, the coldness of weather and having wet feet never getting them dry and stuff. My dad was in a situation like that where he contracted pneumonia, double pneumonia. He had double pneumonia 
and he got bit by a mosquito, I guess. He had malaria, at the, all at the same time. And he did almost die that way. But I know that had effects on him the rest of his life, too. We're remembering this morning. Now, most of this was not on my message. In fact, I haven't gotten to the first scripture yet. But this is what's on the heart of the Lord to speak right now. That he remembers, but he remembered beforehand. God can do that, you know. From before the foundation of the world was the cross. And he knew that he wanted to have fellowship with beings that were created in his image, but he didn't want to force them into that fellowship. And he didn't want to make them robots or machines that he would just push buttons and we would never sin or whatever. He wanted to give us the choice. By the way, if you haven't heard, Joyce soloed it on Wednesday with the touch point. <laughs> and she did a great job. But she was talking about choice. If you haven't seen that yet, I would recommend it. He didn't want to make us that way. He wanted us to be free to love him because he first loved us. You know, sometimes you wish, you, you know, friends and loved ones and so forth, you just wish you could force them to do things a certain way. Well, we don't really want to do that, do we? You don't want to make somebody love you. A, a guy or a gal has never made their future mate love them by force. It just pushes them away, right? That's the way that works. It just pushes them away. And we don't want to do that. But Jesus made the way. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father except through me. And through him, it's through the cross. And he has redeemed us from the curse of the law. It says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, 
and that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Let all the blessing might come to us through Jesus Christ and the curse removed. Remember we talked a few weeks ago about how the curse is everything bad or evil and the blessing is everything good and right. Hallelujah. I'm going to skip down a ways, Lucas. It's quite a ways. It's under good news of the work of Jesus, of the redemption there. And it's Galatians 3.13, New International Version, is where we'll be heading. But this is the good news of the exit from under the curse. The good news of the exit from under the curse. I'm going to read it again now from the New International Version. Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So Jesus became the curse, and he received all the bad and all the evil upon himself. And we remember that today. We memorialize it today. Jesus redeemed us from the curse by taking it upon himself. Jesus hanged in shame and agony. He was abandoned by his father. He was rejected by his own people. He was totally stripped with nothing else in this world. He was in darkness and he uttered cries of agony. That was the curse that Jesus received. And that reception of the curse now makes the blessing available to us. I'm going to read that same scripture again. Galatians 3, this is 13 and 14. This is from the, the uh, Passion Translation, which says, However, Christ paid the full price. The full price. Say that. Full price. To free us from the curse of the law. He absorbed the curse completely. When it became a curse, he did. He became a curse in our place. Because it is written, everyone who hangs on a tree is cursed. Jesus Christ dissolved the curse from our lives so that in him all the blessings of Abraham may be poured out on, and you put your name on in there. And now by faith we receive the promised Holy Spirit who lives in us. 
Jesus made that possible by the cross as well, that his spirit dwells within us. His spirit is joined together with our spirit, and we are recreated into a new being, a new creation. Those old things have passed away, and all has become new. And these are some of the things that have taken place. I believe, Lucas, do we have that? We can put up there, let's speak the truth of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's just put them up there, and I'll read, I'll read it off the screen myself, too. You can put the first one up. Let's say it together. I am a child of God. I am not under the law. I am not under any curse. I have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I am redeemed from the hand of the devil. And there's one more, and it must not be up there, but it says, I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Let's say that. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. You know, it says in Psalm 107, verse 2, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We're the redeemed of the Lord, and so we're saying so. Amen. Those whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Hallelujah. So we're going to say some more things together before we receive communion together. By the way, we want to invite anyone that's a visitor here today to partake with us. If you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and those that are watching online, we want you to be free to, to get grape juice and bread or what, what you would have there that you can partake with us. But let's say these things together. Okay, Lucas, why don't you put them up there? Let's say them together. You know what? Let's stand up to say these together. Let's stand up. The redeemed of the Lord. Let's say it in unison. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God and the only way to God the Father. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. Well, this is good too. This isn't what I was really thinking, but... Let's just say this together. God's word says, okay, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Are we having some technical difficulties there? Okay, well then you just remain standing. I'm going to sit so I can see this better, and I'll have you just repeat it after me. We're going to get this. The redeemed of the Lord are saying so. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. I need to catch up to where we... 
Well, I'll just start here. Lord Jesus, I believe for my sins and rose from the dead. I believe that on the cross you were made sin with my sinfulness. This was done so that I could be made righteous with your righteousness. You were cursed with every curse that might come upon me so that I could receive the blessing. And now, Lord, I come to you to free me from any such curse. I repent of the sins committed by myself or my ancestors. I receive your forgiveness. I take my stand now against the devil. I stand against all his pressures. Everything he wants to do against me. In the name of Jesus, I resist him. I refuse to submit him. In the name of Jesus, and by the blood of Jesus, I now release myself from any curse over my life. Because of what Jesus did for me on the cross, in his name and by his blood, I release myself and I receive the release now by faith. I do this with thankfulness and praise. Lord, I thank you now. I appreciate you now. I believe you are faithful. I believe you are doing what I have asked you to do. It is asked according to your word. I commit my life to you that from this point on your blessing may rest upon me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. That's right. You got it, Ryan. <laughs> okay. You may have a seat. If you want, you can start working on opening. I believe it's not so hard, right, to open those. Why don't you show them once? What?
got one for me? Yeah. Is it started? Okay. Okay. This is First Corinthians 11, starting at verse 23. And this is Paul speaking. And he says, I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he had handed, was handed over or betrayed, he took bread and gave thanks. Then he distributed it to the disciples and he said, take it and eat your fill. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Yes. Memorial. And we remember because there is great worth. There's great value. And we remember, we memorialize what Jesus did for us. Amen? What he suffered and the agony he went through. And his body was broken so that Ours may be whole. Truly, Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. So this morning, receive healing as you partake of this with us. Let's partake of the Lord. In Jesus' name. We were take. And then Jesus, he says, uh, he did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, this cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink it, drink this, do it to remember me. That's a memorial. Do it to remember me. And that's what we're doing today. Remembering many people. But Jesus is fully man, a person, but also fully God. And we are remembering what he did for us. Do it to remember me. And whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are retelling the story and proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. That's what we're doing. We're memorializing it. And we're renewing it. We're remembering. We need to do that. We're people who need to continue to remember what Jesus has done for us and make it applicable. Apply it to our lives. Memorializing Jesus and his death and the sin. And even as Abby was sharing during worship there, that one song just we know that your refiner's fire as we stay in you, as we stay in your word. That's how we change more and more into your likeness and the flesh lines up with your word.
Oh Lord, we thank you that our spirit person is that new creation where you dwell, totally new and spotless and righteous. But we thank you that you're working on our souls. In other words, our minds, emotions, the flesh. And as we commune with you, continue in you, we know the truth, and the truth makes us free, continuing in your word. And we remember today, in Jesus' name, let's drink of it and remember. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you thanks. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for all you've done. We'll never forget. We won't forget what you've done for us. We won't forget what you've done for us. Through all eternity, we'll be thanking you and praising you. awesome, awesome God, magnificent in greatness, yet you loved us so that we can love you, and you died for us. To remove the sin when we receive you, believe in our heart, and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, this awesome God of ours, I just happened to think of something I came across this week. That the Hubble telescope, it, it just discovered another galaxy way out there. And this galaxy was, I, I looked at it two or three times to make sure I was reading it right. But it's 100 million light years away. No, I was going to say, can you fathom that? Of course you can't. <laughs> I can't either. You know, we can't fathom it. Just how awesome is our... I mean, we can't even say it in tongues, maybe, or in the spirit to try to get close. <laughs> Light travels at 186,000 feet plus something per second. Is that right, Dan? You know, I think. What did, what did I say? Feet? You can see how I'm fathoming it. It's not even <laughs> miles. 186,000 miles a second, and this thing is a hundred million light years away. How big is God? How big and wide is vast domain, you know? Wow. And we're his creatures, and he loves us, and he communes with us, and he speaks to us, primarily through his word. But you know what? He walks with us, and he talks with us, and he tells us that he's our own. And the longer we serve him, the sweeter he grows. Amen? Amen? The longer we serve him, 
the sweeter he grows. And we want to stay strong with him all the way. All the way to either when he comes here again, which it could be. Very soon. Soon and very soon. Is the baby here? Callista? Would we be able to see? Can we have a peek? Or don't you want to do that today? You can just come up here. Come up here. Maybe there's other... Well, okay. You can stand right there, too. That's good. I can't see you real good. But... Josiah when he was about that tall. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are there any other babies in the house? We like babies. See, that's how Jesus came. That's how God came. God was probably didn't weigh any more than Calista. Right? Hallelujah. Well, if you have a prayer need, please be free to come forward for prayer. We're going to fellowship, uh, celebrate with Fonte and the Dudleys here with a wonderful meal that they prepared as well. So God bless you all and keep you and we'll see you. His face is shining upon you. Amen. <laughs>